podcast with James and Jane. Hi, this is James. I wanted to let you know that as well as these podcasts, we deliver at least one free online seminar every month that you're welcome to attend wherever you are in the world. You can learn more about them and register for them via our website, www.worldofwork.io. That's www.worldofwork.io. Hi, this is James. And Jane. And here we are, episode 18. Wow. Wow. The World of Work podcast episode we're still 18. Here. Still here. Yep. January 2019 when we're doing this. Pretty exciting time for us. Um, we actually, we're, we're doing two today at the same time. So we actually just finished the episode on um, stand-up meetings and huddles. I say just finished. It was like, you know, an hour ago or something. Then we had a nice little chat and catch up. And what, what are you saying, James? So sometimes and... we, uh, we deviate from what we're meant to be talking about. <laughs> you never know. know. what you're referring to. <laughs> sometimes that happens. Um, so, yeah, so, so we're getting ready to go with this episode. Episode 18, we're going to be focusing on feedback. And just a, a bit of a heads up, there is a huge amount to say about feedback. So as a special treat to everybody, we've got a stopwatch up and running. We're going to try and uh, keep to the point a little bit more, following some of the guidance from the session that we did on huddles about focusing and all that stuff. We'll see if we can do it. Um, but before we jump into it, um, as usual, you can get in touch with us. You can use the, the usual thing. So uh, where can they tweet us, Jane? They can tweet us at the Wild Podcast, and Ooh. thank you to those who are already tweeting us. Yeah, it is nice, isn't it? It's lovely. And what about the website? Any thoughts on that? Where can they uh, find so us? So www.thewildpodcast.org. Thewildpodcast.org. Yeah, that's right. Uh, up and running, and you know we'll do the usual thing. We'll, we'll stick some slides up. Uh, we'll stick up a, a web page for people to look at with some content on feedback. Yeah, and just an early reassurance: we are going to go through quite a lot today, yeah. but we're going to come back to some of the sections uh, of feedback in future episodes and talk about some of the stuff in more detail because we're really conscious that it's quite a big area, and uh, certainly when I've been chatting to people, it's something people worry about quite a lot. Of course. So yeah. I think there's quite a lot to go that we can shed some light on. Yeah, I think so. It's it's a starter, right? It's yeah. a, an eye opener for feedback, something like that. Absolutely. Um, we're going to do it in the usual way, so we're going to kick off with a definition discussion. We've got some great definitions for you this week. Some of our better ones. Anyway, then we'll go on to We've our... tongue twisters and everything. We've got tongue twisters, yeah. Nice bit of alliteration. Um, then we'll go on to Research Roundup. Um, and in Research Roundup, we're going to do a few things that hopefully you guys find interesting. So um, we're going to start by looking at what the purpose of feedback really is. We're going to reflect on the role of feedback in relation to performance management and assessment. And then we're going to go into some things that I think are really interesting about feedback. So, so why is feedback hard? You know, everyone finds it hard. Why is that? What are some of the challenges there? Then we're going to flip things up a little bit. We're going to start by focusing on learning to receive feedback. We think that's really important. So quite often when people think about feedback, they look up feedback models. They look at how to give people feedback. But really, we want to focus initially on how do you receive feedback? Because we think that's a great starting point. And then once we've talked a little bit about receiving feedback, We'll go back to the more traditional view of how do you give feedback, and we'll focus on a few a few sort of models that people can take as a starting point. But of course, you know, I mean, you guys need to go out and learn more yourselves and all that stuff, so it's just a starter. Is that fair? Is that fair that it's a starter? Yeah, I think that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, cool. And then we'll be rounding up, as always, with our list of the week, uh, some stories from the keyboard, of which we'll try to make them not too painful this week, because feedback stories they can, can be, be painful. quite painful yeah, yeah. Generic, uh, and maybe. some top tips nice and then checking out saying see you later catch Absolutely. you next week folks um 
All right, Yvonne, do you want to do you want to share some of our fine definitions? So, as always, kicking off the show with some definition discussion and some of the terminology that we're going to talk about. Uh, I've got to manage to get my tongue around these words, uh, some of them. So, when we talk about feedback, what are we talking about? We're talking about information, uh, about reactions or opinions of a product, a person's performance, um, their behaviours. Um, and usually it's used as a basis for improvement, or it should be. Um, I think we're going to talk later about when it gets used for other things. Then we've got sort of more specifics around things like positive feedback. So that is about very specifically stuff that tends to magnify a process, increases output. It tends to be, um, we're talking about it in the sense of uh, where you are trying to be, uh, magnify something that's going well. Yeah. It's the easiest way I can describe it. Um, and then thinking about negative feedback, which sometimes can be specifically constructive. Sometimes it's corrective. Um, I'm currently training a puppy, and we talk about corrective feedback quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the negative feedback in business is mostly related to either employee feedback or customer feedback. Mm -hmm. um, and with an in particularly uh, with the employee-employer relationship tends to be looking at whether the workforce and the individuals are doing everything they need within their job to deliver the best results, whether they're performing at an optimum level, I yeah. guess is the easiest way to describe it. Uh, my personal, I'm not going to say favourite, uh, rant-causing, <laughs> uh, strong opinion-giving subject of 360-degree feedback. Those yeah. of you who do know Trigger it... Trigger warning, everybody. Oh, man. If you have had or been part of a 360-degree feedback process, um, you will have opinions without question. Some love it, some hate it. Mm -hmm. um, but those of you who don't know, it's a method of performance appraisal. And the idea is it gathers feedback from 360 degrees around the individual or 360 degrees around the product. So you might get it from your peers, but people also who are direct reports and people who are your line managers and sometimes customers. Um, I infamously was once asked to contribute to a 720 degree feedback. Wow. wow. I know. What is that? Yeah. It was a family member. Oh, right. Yeah. I, mm. So, uh, I, yeah. Um, and oh. A, I thought, how, what a gimmick. Yeah, it is, from, it is. From a consultancy point of view. 1080 feedback. Like, oh, yeah, right. How many more? I mean, it's literally like 11 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. felt like I was watching a parody. We're going to give also, 120% to that. Also, how intrusive, right? Mm. How intrusive on someone's personal family life to ask them to ask them to identify family members to give feedback on them. I just, it was baffling to me. Yeah, tough. Um, uh, so it's almost then, like intervention stuff, isn't it? Oh, it's just, I just mm, anyway, I'm deeply uncomfortable about it. Uh, and, and just about the role of work anyway mm. and how they would view that. Uh, and then the other two to talk about probably are positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement. Uh, so positive reinforcement is the offering of desirable effects or consequences for a behaviour with the intention of increasing the chance of that behaviour being repeated. The, the best example <laughs> that I've heard is what James said earlier to me when he was, we were discussing it, which is basically... You're doing something I don't like or want you to do. I nag you. You stop doing it. I stop nagging, right? And that would be uh, a negative reinforcement, mm -hmm. right? So that is when you do something someone doesn't like, they want it to stop, so they yep. change what they do. So if I just Positive. sit here and go, hmm, and you've got to speak over that, right? 
Yeah, if, I mean, if you want to try and stop me talking, the problem is it tends to, and that's a really good example, yeah. because the problem is it tends to create completely different reactions as well. Yeah, you can Unintended be Unintended consequences yeah, sooner yeah. or later someone gets punched in the face. Mm. Not like that. Not today. Um, and positive reinforcement, the example would be, uh, you know, bringing some sweeties into the office every day that we hit target because people have been nice to everyone. They've yeah. the phone, we've answered the phone within yeah. five minutes. It's right. kind of Pavlovian, isn't it, right? Like, so things are bad when you don't do something good. Things are good when you do something good. It's yeah, Do you know, for a brief second, we're, we're just coming back from a long break, right? Yeah. So I should say that I'm a little bit rusty in the Did old go, mm, brain. Pavlova. No, I did. I thought, Pavlova, that would be a great reward for positive reinforcement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, Pavlova. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it is. I think it's, um, it's important for us to understand when we move on to the other stuff that we're going to talk about because I don't want to get too deeply into it, but no. certainly... Um, Feedback has multiple purposes, and I'm I'm not always sure that that's that alone is the best way to change behaviour. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right, and I think that's part of the reason that we're talking about the reinforcement. So reinforcement's an extra thing that can support feedback as a toolkit for changing the way that people work. Um, and in in the episode when we're speaking about feedback, we're focusing really on individuals as opposed to products and things like that. So it fits across all those areas. Yeah. But I think where people in the world of work generally look for help with feedback, it's around managing uh, performance, managing, helping people develop, managing um, relationships in the organisation, behaviours, ways of working, productivity. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, like, generally products don't have feelings. No. And that's where it comes from. Although I, I, the I would of love have to have a conversation about feedback in the context of robots in the future. Oh, yeah, okay. And AI. I think that's going to be really interesting. 2020. 2020? <laughs> well, we can... Not that soon. Not, we, can not, have a, we can have a chat I'm about not, it then. No, 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 please no, no. not yet. I'm not ready for robots. Sorry, but there it is. I am. I'm not a tech fan. I'm not ready. For I'm robots. kind of excited. Are you? Yeah, okay. I am a bit excited. Anyway, we'll come back to that. We'll do a whole episode on AI. Yeah. So, should we move on to research roundups? I know that you've yeah, got I think loads in a second I'd like to, but I just had, I guess, one question. I want to chuck you first and see what you think in in light of the definitions we've had there. Do you think, or what do you think the role of doing nothing is? Do you think if you're a leader and you do nothing, that that is feedback, or, or where does that fit within? influencing the behaviours of those around you. What's your thought on that? I don't know what my thought is, really. But I will tell you a story Stumped. about uh, something quite specific. So I had a specific behaviour. Well, it's not. Is it behaviour? Anyway, I had, I had an issue with my performance in one specific area around my productivity. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it, was, it wasn't procrastination, but it, it's similar. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, me and my boss had oh so boring how many conversations we had about it we he was bored of talking about it i was bored of talking about it mm-hmm. we tried loads of stuff and one year and i mean year because i was he was my boss for four years five mm-hmm. years more than that one year he just said Do you know what let's not talk about it this year let's just forget it you've worked really hard on it let's just not worry about it this year yeah and let's just talk about other stuff and if you let's talk about other stuff you can prove because you're bored of it i'm bored of it and it was the most i mean i didn't get much better but i haven't got much better any other year either mm-hmm. and it was the most liberating thing for okay. our relationship, for him not to have to constantly tell me off about it, yeah. and I use tell me off loosely, he never told me that, yeah. you know what I mean, and for me not to have to constantly feel guilty and mm. ashamed of the fact that I hadn't improved it, unbelievable. So in that sense of doing nothing, it can be incredibly powerful when people know you're doing nothing. Yeah, okay. No, that's interesting. I think there's a bit extra around it as well. I think, you know, if, if you're a leader, I think if you don't give feedback in some instances then sometimes it feels like you can be giving tacit agreement 
Do you know what I mean? Like if or tacit disapproval. Or tacit disapproval. Yeah. So you can. So I think there's something in there. I think. I think there's something about not providing feedback being feedback in itself. It, 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 like when you don't provide feedback, it creates permissiveness about certain things. That I would 100% agree with. Yeah. Unless it's a deliberate choice to not. So for yeah, example, yeah, yeah. where you sort of say, you know what, we're just not, we're not going to have, gonna, it's been a really stressful transition. We've lost three people. We're not going to yeah. give feedback. It's done. Yeah, and yeah. however you behaved and however you didn't behave, we've either already had a conversation with yeah. that or not. Yeah, and there's a time and place done. for it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I think generally, yeah, I think it's absolutely, and I, uh, the, the way that I see behaviour, poor behaviour in teams mm. creep is usually because a leader hasn't called out. That creep. You, did you use an analogy one time about like a balloon or something, was that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, one of the analogies I use quite often about, um, and it, it works with performance as well as behaviour yeah. and, and all of that. The idea is that if you are inflating a balloon yeah. and um, if you don't keep pushing it back, you don't keep containing that balloon it will expand and expand and it will take up all the space in the team yeah. and if that's a negative behavior and you allow it and you don't keep pushing it back yeah then it just it, it gets Fine. everywhere and it gets into everything every yeah. little tiny crevice so when you just... imagine it if you imagine pumping a balloon into a space yeah until it fills that box so the square uh watermelons they grow out of japan it's whatever, exactly right? it's, that yeah. right the watermelon of feedback right oh my we'll god anyway yes into. so that would be me so that's my analogy yeah okay cool all right. Well, yeah. So I think there's something in there. I think, you know, feedback's important. And I think if you don't deliver feedback, there are consequences of that as well. So I think it's important when you do it and it's important when you don't do it. So I guess it's just... And it's important who does it. Yeah. I'm going to get onto that. Yeah. But it is really important. It, sometimes it's not your place. Yeah. All right. So, so then let us jump on to a bit of research roundup. So purpose of feedback, development and performance, why it's hard, how to receive it, um, and some thoughts on how to give it is, mm-hmm. is what we're going to try and do. So we're going to hammer through these. Hopefully um, they are of interest to you. So part one, what is the purpose of feedback? Okay, so feedback has multiple different purposes uh, and, and people sometimes conflate them. But the one that's most often in people's mind is particularly in relation to giving feedback to people is around helping to develop or change behaviors or to some extent skills. Right, so it's about trying to increase positive aspects of somebody's delivery and, and capability and things like that, while at the same time reducing negatives. So in that sense, it's a really positive thing to receive. It's somebody helping you be better at what you do and helping you stop the things that aren't useful and helpful. Right. So part one is around developing and changing behaviors. Another purpose of feedback, which is I think a separate one, is to provide information around evaluation is the language that that, um, some people use. And so this is a sort of comparative feedback. And and the purpose of this feedback is to let you know as an individual how you're doing compared to your uh, your peer group or how you're doing against the expectations for your delivery. So this is a placement piece of feedback that helps you understand your relative performance. But that's a different purpose than is the helping you develop and change your behaviors. And the last purpose for feedback is really around celebration so you know it gives you time to celebrate and reflect and through that mutual celebration that's a relationship building tool as well so i think those are the three core purposes of feedback that we've seen when we've when we've looked into this a little bit um and i want to jump straight on to the next point here which is around the role of feedback in development which is really our first point there around developing and changing behaviors versus performance management have you got anything you your your eyes just kind of I'm letting you. I'm letting Flared you give your say. <laughs> no, I'm letting you give your say first. All right. Because um, 
because I think that's the best thing to do <laughs> okay. before I ran. Well, you can take some deep breaths while I do this. We've got a, a brown paper bag somewhere. You can breathe into that for a bit and then we'll, we'll move on. Um, so, so development versus performance management. What's, what's the role of feedback? So for me, in my experience, when feedback is really about helping individuals develop and supporting them to better performance, then it's valued and it's effective and it's helpful, or at least it can be. It has the potential of being those things. However, there's another time when, when feedback pops up, and this is kind of about the comparative performance purpose of feedback that we spoke about earlier. And when feedback is really about performance management or justifying somebody's position, um, and it becomes a bureaucratic task associated with sorting and alignment to buckets and things like bonus allocation and things like that, then it can become quite toxic. So, so when it's that case, it becomes about justification of feedback and placement and ceases to be about um, good intentions and helping development. And when that's the case, I think people cease trust. They start to trust the messages. They don't look at, at um, coaching opportunities through them and opportunities to improve themselves and things fall down. So, so in my view, feedback has a great role in development but it becomes much more difficult when it's a performance management piece. And, and I'd personally look to bifurcate the two, if it were mine. That's a very fancy word. I know, I did a little hand gesture as well for all, all of you on the phone, yes. Uh, split I them into I, two. I, if you hadn't done the hand gesture, <laughs> I wouldn't really know what you meant. Yeah. Split into bifurcate. Yeah. Um, yeah, is that giving you time to No, not really. Draw breath? No, no, I haven't got enough time. I'm so... So the, one of the best blessings in my entire life was that I worked eight years with someone who agreed that with you that they should be split um, because it's just a nonsense. It, it, it can be a nonsense. It, it, it is a nonsense to conflate feedback and performance management. These are two completely separate things. Sometimes you will need to accumulate or combine all your feedback that you've given over a year in order to create something that is meaningful for someone else in the organization to be able to make some decisions on it or to make recommendations, yeah. fine, whatever. Pragmatic. The relationship done. that you build as a manager or a leader with the people that you are managing or leading needs to include an open way for everyone to give feedback. If it doesn't, you're not good enough, end of. You are not good enough. So there's a really big thing for me about this and it really upsets me. Um, you need to, it, to well, we'll get on to giving and receiving feedback in a moment, but... There is an assumption in all of this, right? And the assumption is that everyone needs to believe they are not the finished product, right? And that is the starting point for all of this. We'll talk about growth mindsets and stuff like that at some point. Yeah, we will Carol, at some point. But, it's, but it is really, even before you get to that, none of us are perfect, right? Nope. And that needs to be articulated by leaders and managers day in, day out. They are not perfect. Right. Um, because as soon as everyone is not perfect, everyone's got room to get better, right? Totally. And as soon as everyone's got room to get better, it's okay to let people know how they can do that quickest. And people are so much more comfortable with it. Yeah. But as soon as you associate it with money, with positions with, with positions of authority, with job titles, with anything that you have a vested interest in as a manager and leader, and you do because you've yeah. got budgets and things like that and people aren't stupid, right? As soon as you do that, you undermine the process of helping someone. Totally. People have to believe that you are doing it for them. Mm -hmm. You are helping them. And yeah. they only believe that if A, it's a two-way street, and B, you haven't got any other benefits yeah. at all. And if you, if you look at it from a perspective of people seeking feedback, if I know it's for performance management, I don't care about the messages. I want to get from the people that I know, 360 or otherwise, 
the messages that support my case that I'm good. I don't care about anything else. That's why I'm doing it. So I'll ask for people who I think will give me the best things. I'll uh, work in certain ways to, to you know, um, ensure that I get the best messages. I might edit messages, but I'm not listening to the messages. No, I'm and, and while we're on this feedback, and we've mentioned 360, and you put it up, not me. Sorry. I'm so <laughs> mad about this, right? If you work in a small or medium-sized organization, do not use 360-degree feedback. Just don't. Find another way to do it. Because do not for one minute believe that other people in the team don't know who's giving feedback to what because we recognise writing styles, we recognise the words, we recognise how... We know how people feel about us. So if you've gone and asked someone about how they feel about me, I am going to dismiss it if I've got a poor relationship with them. Instantly. Yeah. yeah. So unless, well, we'll talk about that relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so just performance management and feedback are two separate things, right? Sorry. I'm just so mad. I think increasingly the world's moving that way, which is good. Mm, do you? I do. I think I think a lot of organisations are, are changing performance okay. management for okay. various reasons. Some so, have dropped so the it altogether. So four requests I've had for three hundred sixty degree, degree feedback in the last twelve months from various people in different organisations definitely aren't going to happen. Next Tell year. them to step back to the noughties, right? I mean, I think that's. Where I bid for a piece of work once, and they asked for three hundred sixty degree feedback, and I told them what I thought. Surprisingly, I didn't get it. Well, there we go. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. All right, so anyway, you can tell development and performance management's an, an emotive topic, and I think it is in many places. So maybe um, someone for you guys to, to discuss um, in your, your places of work as well. Yeah, do you know, genuinely, if anyone is out there and manages people and has an effective way of combining feedback process and performance management and hasn't experienced challenges, I would love to know. Yeah, and I'd likewise, like to love, see to hear, it love to hear. Because I've never seen it done. All right, so now we're going to drill in a little bit more and, and get to um, uh, maybe slightly uh, deeper reflection on the feedback process itself. So what I want to talk about now is, you know, we, we've said that when it's performance management related, it can be uh, a bit toxic and things like that. But when it's really about helping develop and helping change behaviors and helping people improve, feedback's a really positive thing, right? And people should value it and you should value giving it. It's, it's your opportunity to help somebody be better, right? So there's a lot of positivity around feedback in that context. But nonetheless, um, it's really, it's difficult. It's Everybody hard. finds it difficult. It's difficult to give feedback. It's difficult to listen and receive feedback. Um, so it's worth reflecting on, on why that is, right? You know, I, I'm not sure that people really do um, take time to think about what makes feedback difficult. They just know it's hard, it's uncomfortable, and, and that's enough. But the reason, and sorry, before I go on, a lot of this is from um, a woman called Sheila Heen, I, I think is how you pronounce it, H-W-E-N, Sheila Heen. Um, so, so the reason feedback is difficult is that people have conflicting needs, right? As a receiver of feedback, we've got conflicting needs. One, we know that we want to develop, so we kind of want the feedback for that. But at the same time, we want to be accepted for who we are. You know, we want to be uh, valued and, and, you know, maintain our status and have pride and, and all those positive things that are associated with being good at what we do. So we've got that conflict between developing and being good as we are. And, and what that kind of means is that when we receive feedback, we can find it threatening. So it can be challenging. It can undermine our sense of goodness and, and sense of value in ourselves. Um, and actually what happens with that is it can trigger the sort of amygdala response that we spoke about in one of our earlier episodes on emotional intelligence, um, sometimes known as the threat response. So amygdala response, threat response. Basically what happens is feedback has the ability to um, create a situation to which your brain responds in the same way that it responds to physical threats. So you get overwhelmed with emotions and, and you don't, you know, you go into a fight or flight type response and things like that. And for feedback, there are three different sort of routes 
through which feedback can have that impact on you. So Sheila speaks about truth triggers, relationship triggers, and identity triggers. Um, so in order, truth triggers are related to the content that's delivered. So if, if you receive a message that you think is maybe wrong or unfair or unhelpful or unsubstantiated or all those types of things, you can feel that you're, um, you're, you're kind of uh, wronged. You know, there's uh, unfairness in the world. This isn't right. This is wrong. You can become indignant. Um, and through that, you can become kind of angry and unresponsive and that threat mechanism can come out. And of course, when the threat mechanism comes out, you don't listen. You don't see value. You just get emotional about it. So that truth trigger associated to content and validity of content is, is the first area. Um, the second area is around relationship triggers. So you can, you can have your threat response triggered based on the relationship that the person um, that you have with the person providing feedback. So you might say to yourself in your mind, who are you to give me this feedback, right? What have you ever done? Uh, I don't like you anyway. Uh, you don't have any credibility. You don't have any status, all those types of things. So you might have a, a bit of a, a, a threat response based on your relationship with the individual. So if somebody I think of as junior to me or whatever lower status in the social order provides me feedback, I might feel that my status is really threatened or, you know, different things like that. So your relationship um, triggers can kick in and, and, and initiate a threat response. Um, and then the last one is around identity triggers. And these can, can be really difficult. So the identity trigger is, is effectively saying, somebody gives me a piece of feedback and I hear it and I accept it and suddenly I'm not who I thought I was, right? So, so my self-perception, my truth, was based on a set of assumptions and at the point, a, a set of knowledge around who I am and how I deliver. And you're telling me that that's not true. So the anchors on which I base myself and my personality are flawed. And, and that can make me feel empty, right? It can make me feel vulnerable. It can make me feel confused. It can make me feel uncertain. And through all that stuff, I can get my defense mechanisms up. And certainly, I mean, if I'm going through to some extent, a sort of existential crisis based on my identity being undermined. I'm not going to listen when you tell me something nice or, or, or you start to say, hmm, how can we get better at that, right? I mean, this can be a really big thing. So, you know, though feedback can be positive, even if it's positive, it can lead to these threat responses and be really difficult to respond. Yeah, and I think I think the other thing I would add in, which is, is, is very related to why you get such extreme reactions, is when it's true and that person knows it. Yeah. So I've, I've been given feedback. And given, I've been in both situations for this, where the feedback has been accurate, it's been appropriate, it's been in a trusted relationship, and there's still been mon monstrous amounts of tears on both sides, actually, sometimes. Yeah, yeah it can be on both and sides. And that's because sometimes we're not good enough. Yeah. Sometimes, particularly if you get very self-aware people who are very conscious, as I've worked with a couple of people who are incredibly self-aware and way harder on themselves than I have ever been as their manager. Yeah. They beat themselves up 10 times a day more than I do, so I have to be really careful anyway. Yeah. And then when you have to give them critical feedback, and it's true, and it's something they have feared. Yeah. Because they've been, been niggling in the back of their mind, they've they repressed it or something, something yeah. and then they're told. It can be very, it's emotional, right? Sometimes it's cathartic, sometimes it's acknowledging, sometimes it's horrible for them because mm -hmm. they're like, well, I thought that was bad, but I'd kind of convinced myself I was doing okay. Yeah. And that can be really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and I, it's much quicker to get past. Than, than those other ones, mm -hmm. but it's equally emotional, I think, yeah. I think equally difficult. And I think... Um, and that stuff kind of starts, you know, we, we did the change curve a couple of episodes ago, 
that kind of like self-challenge stuff can start the change curve and Absolutely. you can go into all that. Without question, to me, that, that stuff can be really close yeah, to Yeah, personal psychological change. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, so, so that's why feedback's so difficult or, or some of the reasons why it can be. And what we're going to do now is we're going to go on and talk about being better at feedback. Um, but to do that, as I said it, it earlier, we're going we're gonna to focus first on learning to receive feedback. Right? I, I genuinely believe that to be good at giving feedback, which is what most people look for training on in relation to feedback, to, to be good, you need to do the hard, hard yards of learning to receive feedback. You need to put yourself through the shoes, be able to manage it, and then through the experience of developing your own ability to receive feedback, build out your style and capability to deliver feedback well, um, to do it so it's effective, so that messages land, but so that you do it in an empathetic way as well. I, yeah, I, would, I would completely agree with that. Pop quiz. Quiz, ooh. Pop quiz for you. Mm-hmm. It's not a quiz. Question. At the beginning of your career, yeah. out of 10, how good were you at taking feedback? Um, I probably wasn't very good genuinely, mainly because I was kind of like robustly self-confident, so it just kind of bounced off, which meant in reality I was dreadful at it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I probably didn't present as if I was dreadful at it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. You didn't take it. Oh, I, no, no, no. <laughs> you just didn't, <laughs> I was like, you yep. didn't yeah, you fine. think that? Go for it. <laughs> and what about now? Um, what about now? I'm I'm better at it, and I think a lot of it is experience and practice and recognition of some of my own flaws. Every time they've worn me down, I believe it. Um, okay. So I, I think I've gotten better at it, actually. So I'm radically better. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's predominantly to do with a, a, a rise in self-confidence okay, I, yeah. and also a, yeah, okay. a rise in self-awareness. And yeah. it has to be both of those things. Certainly so I am both super confident about what mm-hmm. I am good at, but I'm also super comfortable with what I'm terrible at. Yeah, I'm, And therefore, yeah, yeah. it's much easier to take it. Yeah. Because I recognise there's a whole load of stuff I'm no good at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I probably went like through a bit of a curve of sort of imperviousness to start with, then sort of not so good as, as I had some... Oh, you see, whereas everything was the end of the world for me. Yeah. I mean, I would lock myself in the toilets privately and cry every single time yeah, I, I was ever fine. got that feedback. I was like, whatever. Um... And Two then, different approaches, ladies and gentlemen, to taking feedback at the beginning yeah. of your career. Neither are helpful. No, it Locking yourself in the toilet and not talking to anyone. Yeah. Similarly ignoring feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, good question. I good guess question. the reason I'm asking is I just want to I kinda of want to shout out to all of you start early careerists. It gets easier. It does. It, it really, really does. It really gets easier. much it does. easier to take feedback. What however hard it feels right now, or however challenged you feel, depending yeah. on your uh, James or Jane approach. Yeah, um, yeah. it does get. I promise, it, it gets does. Easier. It really does. It really does. That was a great question. Um, all right. So, if we're going to focus on learning to receive feedback, uh, how do we do that? How do you get better at, at actually seeing through some of the challenges that come with the emotional responses to feedback and, and being better at it? Um, and we're going to tell you. How about that for a little treat? We've got actually seven points here. Uh, again, some of the stuff is, is sort of Sheila Heen related, but there's a, a bit of a bolt-on and a bit of a re, reinterpretation of some of it. But basically, it, it's um, based on her work. So as ever, go to a source, check it out, make up your own mind. I would definitely, definitely, I, I, I know I said this sometimes, but particularly this week, the slides are really helpful. Because actually, in real time, you could sit down with these slides and they would be enough to think about how you might just pick one or two things to get better at each time you give it or, give yeah, it or take it. help with your development plan. Yeah. Yeah, good. All right, so um, as I said, seven stages. So, so part one, and, and this applies to lots of things, is just work on your emotional intelligence. You know, back when um, I was impervious to feedback, I probably wasn't the most 
self-aware and emotionally intelligent individual. What are you saying, Jay? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, the more you understand your emotions and have control of them, the better you'll be at coping with these potentially emotionally challenging things. You'll know that you'll have an emotional response to something. You'll be better at managing your way through that feedback piece. Um, and you'll be able to remain calm for, throughout the receipt of feedback process. You'll be able to assess stuff more clearly. You'll be able to make more rational choices about accepting or rejecting feedback. You'll be able to have better conversations to understand it, all that stuff. So work on your emotional intelligence is step one. Step two is kind of related to it, but more specifically focused on feedback. And this is learn how you react to feedback. So pretty much everybody responds to feedback in different ways. Um, some people will uh, receive feedback and they'll justify it away immediately. So it, the little voice in their head will say, yeah, but there was a special extenuating circumstance then. Oh, and there was an extenuating one then. And they'll justify their way out of it. Or some people will, in their mind, say, oh, yeah, but... but you're much worse at that, so I don't need to listen to that, right? So people respond to feedback in different ways. Some people will say, oh my God, I'm so dreadful. I'm a dreadful person. I must be dreadful, whatever. So, so people have their own sort of mind talk type responses to feedback. I quit once. Did you? Yeah, I quit because of some feedback. I was like, I can't do this job. I'm not good enough. Wow. And my boss went, <laughs> and then I cried. Yeah. And my boss went, you are good enough. Yeah. You've just made a mistake. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. He gave me a hug and said, off you go. Yeah. Well, there we go, yeah. And I, we wouldn't recommend quitting. No, <laughs> please don't. That, that, I gave that example yeah, as, as no, no, no. <laughs> being joking. aware of how seriously I took it yeah. allowed me to deal with it later. Absolutely. So I was a bit more prepared. Yeah. And also my boss was a bit more prepared that yeah. I might take it to heart. Yeah, yeah. So learning how you react just helps you prepare for your responses, as you say, and, and know what you'll do. So stage two is learning how to react, um, or step two. Step three is trying to focus on separating the message from the individual. So when you're in these conversations, it's really hard because the words are coming out of this person's mouth, right? And like they're so embodied in, in that individual, but it's hard sometimes to, to think of the words as separate from that individual. And even if you really hate people or, or think somebody's an idiot, they might have some really good stuff to say. You know, you really shouldn't care where the good messages come from, but that's a, a, an inhuman thing to do to separate that instinctively in the moment. So practicing that's really good. Um, and separating the message from the person is a really powerful way to, you know, sift for nuggets of gold in, in the, um, the riverbed of messages. I don't know. I was going to use some other words there, but think, they're not appropriate for clean podcast. I think it's a really, really, really important part mm. because there's, there's two parts to that. One, as a recipient, you're making it easier on the giver mm. because you're allowing them to approach it as yeah. a joint shared yeah. piece of information. Um, but also from your own perspective, you're much more, much more likely to take that feedback for the worth it has. Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah. So my problem was always taking all feedback from someone I respected as truth. And actually sometimes they they didn't know what they were Yeah, they might need feedback as well. Very occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with that, you might want to, you know, even if you're in a meeting, you might just want to like capture the words and take them away and write them down and reflect on them away from the person, things like that to help separate them. So that's point three. Point four, I think, kind of links to, to the point that you had there. And, and this is around making sure that you look for the coaching and all the messages you get. When we receive particularly more negative or constructive or um, corrective feedback, we, we can see negativity um, and sort of challenge in that. But in lots of instances, with those messages comes an opportunity to improve yourself, to coach yourself, to be better at what you do. So try and focus on that, right? And if you can always look through that coaching lens, then it makes it easier for you to see positivity and makes it easier to, for you to respond well 
uh, to feedback and, and take advantage of a good message as bit of that. Um, point five is around making sure you understand your feedback before you act on it. So uh, when people are communicating with each other and giving feedback, people use shortcuts in language all the time, right? So, so I'll say something and I've got this really complex, nuanced situation that's been going on for two weeks to do with your performance or behaviors. And I'll give you a two sentence um, piece of feedback on it, but, but, or 10 sentences, whatever, that condenses a whole lot of information down into really small communication. And with that comes, um, I think the word technically is probably like entropy around loss of information um, through communication. And, and so you, you have this really small message and, and so what's happened there is I've condensed this complexity into a small message. You've received it, then you need to uncondense it through your whole you know, uh, history of, of being and stuff. So, so you reinterpret it in a different way. It's just horribly reductive to a person. It is, yeah. You know, if a person is as complex as we all know people are, why on earth would you be so trite as to give them a two-sentence feedback yeah. on something that's really difficult? Yeah. Just nonsense. And if you're the one receiving it, you're not going to get a clear message. So, so to be better at receiving it, what you need to do is you need to understand it. So you need to ask questions about the feedback, you need to delve into it, you need to explore it with a person, you need to look for more examples, and you just need to really get clear on what's actually being said. And, and that helps you overcome your own assumptions and, and the way that you... And I would, uh, one of the things I would say about mm. that is um, it's really hard and it comes with the emotional intelligence part. And also it comes with a little bit of self-discipline, is try really, really hard to note and moderate your tone when you're taking feedback and you're asking questions because it is important to ask those questions, mm -hmm. but they can sound defensive without yeah, meaning yeah. to it. And so, what do you mean by that? So, exactly, can you give me more? So, the classic yeah, is yeah. give me more examples of that. Yeah. Like, so, when did I do that? And that can be that can be except <laughs> and and okay. I you know, firstly, yes, they should have examples, but they're they're probably not at their best right now either. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so, one of the really positive things that I've had experience of when someone's received feedback from me is. Um, Thank you. I don't. I'd like to go away and reflect on that. Right, yeah. But also, just to help me, would it be okay if I came back with you and sent you some questions, just so that I can really understand what I need to do? Right. And that is incredibly powerful as a recipient yeah. uh, to a giver. Yeah. Incredible because it. You're basically saying to the giver, "I take what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm not accepting it wholeheartedly, but I am absolutely. You're credible, and I, I yeah, accept I'm validating you have a right, your to right to give me feedback. Message, yeah, yeah. But I do need to process it, yeah. and I think." I think that that is a great signal mm -hmm. as a recipient. If you're not ready for something, you're like, whoa, I was not expecting that. Mm -hmm. Just ask him for some time, but leaving the door open to ask yeah, some questions. Yeah. Do it in a nice way. It's right? a really thoughtful way, and it, it, it tends is. to prevent you from going, give me more answers. Yeah, and if you know that you're, you're prone to that kind of stuff, maybe prepare your, your um, prepare that message in advance. Like if you're going to a feedback thing, if you think that might happen, yeah, plan a little bit. There's a phrase for the, for the look I get, and it's not reflective of how I feel. It, I can't say it. Yeah. Um, but an equivalent would be resting mean face. Yes, resting mean face. Right, yes, yes, and yes. Um, and I that's I will look like that even if I'm broken down, upset inside. I still look like that. So I have to be really careful yeah. to look smiley. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that feedback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so cracking on. Uh, point seven. This is one I really like. Um, it's about being on the front foot regarding feedback. So if you're seeking feedback, you know, it's all about receiving feedback. To be on the front foot means to control that feedback a little bit more. So instead of waiting for people to give you feedback, and maybe it happens quarterly or something, and you get a fair amount of it then, instead be on the front foot. You know, go out and ask for feedback and kind of have it be on your terms. And don't ask for a whole lot. Ask for, you know, one piece of feedback every two weeks and take it in bite-sized chunks that you can manage. And, and by asking for it yourself, you're kind of owning it. Um, so the more you're on your front foot, 
regarding feedback, the better the relationship you'll have with it, and the more yeah. you'll listen and be able to absorb. This that was that was always my my secret weapon. Yeah. So I would always ask to kick off my reviews and yeah. any feedback conversations with. Can I tell you what I think has I haven't done brilliantly, Great. and then maybe you can fill in the blanks. Yeah. Because it's a it doesn't demonstrate you're thoughtful and yeah. that you are taking on and you're looking for improvement, mm -hmm. but also um, it makes it much quicker. Because yeah. I can go without any emotion. I've already thought and processed. I'm not good at this, this, and this. Yeah. And it also gives your uh, the giver an opportunity to be positive, where they can go. Actually, I don't think you're that bad at that. Yeah, I think yeah, you're being yeah. hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. It's this that I'm really worried about. <laughs> Blindside. Yeah, that that does happen. <laughs> but you know, at least you feel like you've demonstrated a thoughtfulness. Yeah, that's true. And then the last point that we had around receiving feedback um, is around uh, experimenting with the messages that you've got that you've get uh, be better at English this one um, the messages that you've received or been given um, you, you know I guess two things one just because you've been given feedback doesn't mean that you need to accept it yeah. right and just because you accept feedback doesn't mean that it's true so so when you're responding to feedback the advice is not to change wholeheartedly rather it's to do a little experiment so if you've accepted a piece of feedback instead of changing everything based on it maybe change a little bit and do it in a safe space and see if it leads to better results. So, so change the way you work with a certain group of people. If it leads to a positive result, then great. Go on and accept that as feedback and roll it out more widely. Um, but don't don't fully embrace feedback or, or don't fully change on the basis of feedback. I think for me it's about contextualising it. It's yeah. a big thing. So understand where it's coming from mm -hmm. and who it's coming from. Yeah. Because I think, you know, we don't redesign products because one person doesn't like them. Exactly. But... If that person has a far bigger role and is important, it is important to understand why and how. And why. Yeah, and, and, and manage a relationship. With yourself, right? yeah. It goes to me. This whole thing goes full circle back to step one, which is then emotional intelligence, yeah. which is experiment and be honest with yourself. Yeah. When that, when you actually, you know, give it a proper try, mm -hmm. and then if it works, great. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So that's a little bit on receiving feedback. So I know, would argue. Yeah. I would not argue. I would reinforce what you said. If you have only got time to read one of these slides, and if you've only got time to do one thing, try and improve the way you get feedback. Yeah. Because you will become so much better at giving it through pure empathy yeah. that it, it, you, you kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Giving feedback without an understanding of how, how you receive it is just pointless. Yeah, it's, it's not going to work as well at all. Um, but speaking about that, should we go over and speak about giving feedback now? Yes. I mean, we can. Yeah. I mean, you know. All right, we'll do it. We'll do it quickly. We will. Okay. I'll try. Okay. Uh, so we've got, um, as I said earlier, you know, people when they look at or, or look for content on feedback, uh, they generally want to be better at giving feedback. So we've brought to this. Do you, can I ask you one, one more question? Yeah, Do you think sure. they want to be better, or do they think they want it to be they want it to be easier for them? Um, I think. I think they want it to be easier for them, but I think they also probably want a bit more stickiness of message. Do you know what I mean? I, I would agree with both things. I don't think either of those things are about being better at it. Well, yeah. I think I think it's always about the giver's outcomes. I think I think predominantly, predominantly yeah. it is. I think a lot of people when they search for that, they look for their own outcomes as opposed to the recipient. Yeah. So I, I my of all of this, I and we're gonna James is gonna talk through three models. I'm not a big believer in models when it comes to feedback. My number one suggestion to you would be give feedback for the right reason, i.e. to help someone and you'll probably not go wrong. If yeah. you genuinely want to help that person, I suspect you won't go wrong in the whole process. Yeah. Um, and treat them like an adult. 
if you do both those things, I'd say you've got to yeah. be aligned to them. I would also do that. All right, I'll let you have that second one. Yay. <laughs> you got a model. Yay. All right. Okay, quickly. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to rattle through these fairly quickly. Uh, and the reason we're going to do it fairly quickly is we think the interesting bit of this is about learning to receive and, and the points that Jane said. And you know what? You can find models for feedback online and you can teach There's them to yourself. There's loads of them. Yeah. So we're going to just really quickly fly through Three. That's a hard okay. sentence. Fly through three. Fly through three. Yeah, it is. It's quite. Right. That is a real <laughs> stuff. All right. Okay. So we won't be doing that then. Um, okay. So model number one, the feedback sandwich, aka the beep sandwich. Um, so this is out there. People use it. We say just don't use it. We'll tell you what it is and then we'll move on quickly. So the feedback sandwich is a bit of an old model. It says deliver a positive message, then deliver a more negative, constructive or corrective message. Then close with a positive message. Yay. We say that's a really bad idea for multiple reasons. One, some people know it's happening and think it's disingenuous. Two, people don't hear the constructive message because they take away the positive things, which is fair enough. They hear because, what they want to hear, right? Yeah. And you've given them two positives and one constructive. Way. Yay. You know? Um, and, and the third thing is it's not fair on the people you're speaking to because if people don't hear the message, then you know what? They're not going to change. And then six months down the line, you'll say... Oh, well, you haven't got any better. You're really doing bad. And I'll say, well, you never told me to. And I'll say, yeah, I did back when I told you those really positive things and you didn't listen. And then you're in a mess. So, And, and I would say, sorry, I've got oh, no. as well, which yeah. is that if you do it, yeah. unless you are super clever, you will find yourself rushing the constructive. So even as a yeah. giver, you will be poor at it because you don't want to tell them that. Yeah. The only reason people use this model in the first place is because they don't want to tell people the bad yeah. news. So then they rush through the bad news and then that's even harder for yeah. the person to negotiate it because exactly. all they heard is the 20 minutes you told them that they were brilliant, which is so yeah. relieved you told them the bad bit. Yeah. So just just don't do it. Don't, don't, don't do yeah. it. Throw it out. Yeah, don't do that. Key message. We're being controversial today. Okay, yeah. just throw it out. Get rid of it. Don't use it. It's not in your toolbox anymore. No. Next. All right, the next one is called the SBI model, which is Situation Behaviour Impact. Um, this is quite, uh, I guess it's a useful thing to, to have in your toolbox because it, it's a bit more direct. And, and, you know, this is about trying to ensure that people recognise and accept feedback when it's delivered to them. That's kind of what it's about. So three stages, SBI, stage one, situation, stage two, behaviour, stage three, impact. So when giving feedback, you don't beat around the bush with positive negative, whatever. You just go in, you've got your message and, and you say, um, you know, I, I want to start by focusing on a situation. So you introduce a situation and say, you know, do you remember in that instant when this happened? Uh, sorry, in, in that instance with a specific situation, we were in this meeting and uh, Jane spoke over you, whatever it happened to be, situation. And then you move on to behaviours. And here you describe a specific observed action or behaviour in factual terms that somebody's done. So this should be things you've seen yourself. So in that meeting when Jane spoke over you, I noticed that you became totally quiet and switched off and started looking at your phone, whatever. That's a specific behavior. So let's call out that behaviors. And then the last point is impact. And, and so the, the message, the, uh, what you're trying to say is what is the impact of that behavior? Um, and in this instance, I've made this example up, so I'm not terribly proud of it. Um, uh, I noticed in that meeting when Jane spoke over you, you became disengaged and switched off and looked at your phone, situation, behavior, impact, which meant that everybody else was uncomfortable and nobody paid attention to the meeting and everybody uh, didn't do a good job, whatever. So, Have you been in my bad meetings? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just telepathizing. Um, so, so the purpose of this is to define a situation so people can really be clear on where it was and it's a genuine thing. Behaviors, so people are aware of the specific behaviors or actions that you're talking about. 
and then the impact, which is why does this stuff matter, right? So if you go through the SBI process in delivering a message, people visualize the situation, they understand what you're talking about, and if you explain the impact well, then they understand why this is a relevant thing mm -hmm. to be talking about, right? So that's all it is. Um, I would say, so my, my uh, opinions on this one are twofold. One, mm -hmm. this is useful if you are good at giving feedback immediately. Great. So if you are good and have a healthy, happy relationship with the person you're giving feedback to and you've both got an open relationship and trust, yeah. then being able to say in that gym meeting just now, yeah. then it's a great model to remind yourself why yeah. you're giving that feedback because right. it actually tests whether you should or not. Yeah. Was there an impact? No. Well, then maybe yeah. you don't worry about yeah. it. Um, what I would say is it can feel very legal or very process-driven. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, and if you then sit down and do a feedback after three months and you go, I'm going to go through four situations, it feels like someone's building a court case against yeah. you. And that is deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So for me, there's a real context that works brilliantly. I've used that when I've come out of a meeting and mm -hmm. literally... So there's a classic where someone was biting their nails in the meeting. It was so silly, but we were in front yeah, of yeah. someone and it looked like they didn't care. Yeah. And I know that he bites his nails when he's nervous. So it was right. nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. But it was a really quick thing. But because we were coming from a place of total trust, yeah. total comfort in our relationship, total honesty, it was like, dude, you can't do that. Do you know why? Because this is what it looks like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And because it's immediate, I don't even have to explain the situation because yeah. it's right then and there. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's just a tip for me on that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, you brought in the point about timeliness of feedback which is really you know we, we should frame this uh, a little bit more around what makes good feedback but but timely feedback is a better piece of feedback yeah as is doing it in the right sort of space you know like private or whatever it's so be. much easier to make it um i and i would always go timely over everything timely over private time, as long as it's not serious, too yeah, serious. Yeah, yeah yeah because if you can give it in a timely fashion it feels less serious it feels yeah. less impactful it does and like it you haven't you know the worst thing is when you sit there and think someone's been thinking yeah. mulling it over for months and you're on, like, on really the, on the impactful thing I, i'd say it, it can be more impactful. It just feels less of an issue in the receipt yeah. of it. Um, all right, so that's the SBI model. So worth having in your toolkit, I guess. You know, it's just useful for the framework. Be careful. Yeah, just be careful. Don't. Because with all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, be aware of it. Um, then the next one we want to we want to touch on is really sort of two combined into one. And really, it's a bit of a build on this one. It's another model that's out there. First one we're going to talk about is called Coin, and then we've kind of. Um, what have we done? We've uh, we've injected some thing into it and turned it into a coiled model as well. So we'll just run through the, the coin piece really quickly and then move on. So so coin again, we love or this world loves models with um, acronyms. with acronyms in them. So what coin. What is it about that? Uh, yeah, chunking, memory chunking. Yeah. Okay. Um, Definitely. So uh, connect, uh, connection, observation, impact, and next steps. So the first three are really kind of similar to the SBI model. So point one, connect with the individual and the topic, um, set the scene, welcome them to the scene, very much like situation in SBI. So we could use a prior example. Point two, observation. So introduce what you've observed. So again, the behaviors, very much the same as SBI. Impact. So again, very much the same as SBI, in fact, the same model. But here, N is added, so next step. So effectively, you do um, SBIN, right, whatever. So um, set the scene to the observation to the impact, and here you move on to next steps. And with next steps in, in the coin model, it tends to be, okay, so, so Jane, I noticed that, um, you know, in that last meeting, uh, you were, uh, I noticed you were biting your nails. The impact that had is it made us um, look, you know, less credible and it made you look nervous. So how can we be better at that in the future? How can you make sure that you stop biting your nails? 
until you start to go on to the next stage and say, okay, well, so next time you're in a meeting and have an urge to bite your nails, what are you going to do? And try and get the individual to visualize how they um, take corrective action. And I would happen. always add into that sentence, and is there anything I can do to help you? Yeah, you should do that. You should do Because it's just solidarity. It probably isn't. It, well, then you might be able to keep me on the table, but probably isn't anything you can yeah. tell me. It just, yeah. you know, helps. Um, so that's the coin model, basically SBI plus a next step on it. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff I've read on, on the coin model makes it feel fairly directive and, and one directional and it really is a delivery piece. Um, so what I think is worth thinking about is how you can make it more of a collaborative approach, more of a two way adult, adult type meeting. So with that on the slides, you'll see we, we've got coiled on there. You ditch next steps. Well, Actually. I've ditched next steps or, or grown next steps into three next steps or something like that. But yeah, so COI, do them the same, and then we'll go into the LED. So having explained the impact, I, I'd actually say that at this stage it's good to listen. So, you know, in that instance, so you, you bit your nails down, it, it felt like that made us feel less credible, and it showed you were nervous, which maybe made it harder for us to negotiate. Um, what do you think? You know, does, is that a fair reflection? What are your thoughts on that? And, and try and listen a little bit there and, and give the person that you're providing feedback to a voice and have an adult-adult type of conversation with them. So, so that gives them a way in and, and, and values their views and opinions, which helps with your relationship. So that's the L. Then E is around starting to establish a solution. So that's very much like the next steps. But instead of next steps, which is often fairly directional in COIN, this is around a little bit together. So in next steps, as the person providing feedback, I, I would often tell you the solution. Um, here it's around working together to, to come up with a solution. So this, in this instance, it's much more um, asking what we can do, how, how can I help, maybe coaching them towards a solution um, and establishing a solution that way. And then closing out with a D, which is uh, a definite agreement. So having talked about a solution, it's trying to say, okay, you know, so what are you going to do? How are we going to make sure that you're going to do that? And, and get the person to put things in their word so we're sure we've got that agreement. So that's the coin and coil piece. So for me... They're just three models to share. Um, I think coin coiled is the most complicated of them. Um, SBI is the you know the middle one, and the feedback sandwich is the one that you just shouldn't do ever, ever, ever. Yeah. If you took one thing from this podcast, yeah. okay, we don't like that sandwich. <laughs> don't do it. Um, but the others, it's worth being aware of, and you know thinking about feedback in that way, prepping in that way. If you, to be fair, out of all of this, if the only thing you take from this is you need to be a bit more thoughtful when you yeah. give it and you need to be more reflective when you receive it. I, I, I've considered this Job podcast done. an entire win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. List of the week? Yeah, list of the week. I think we've done the, the research. You're disappointed pipes. <laughs> disappointed pipes. James is really upset because the list of the week spells pipes, not pies. <laughs> I don't really understand why pipes is better, uh, not as good as pies. But I was quite James excited about pies. pies. I don't know. I just thought it was fun. Um, I think pipes is fun. I've pipes got is... bagpipes in my head, right? Well, yeah, pipes is pretty fun. Okay. But pies are pretty good as well. Anyway. So, um, this week's list, five tips to help you uh, give feedback well. Number one, prepare. Understand your messages, prepare them in a model or prepare them in your own approach and practice delivering them. Now, we've put in do a role play with someone if you want to practice. Sometimes that's a bit difficult. Sometimes you just need to say them out loud. Yeah. So, I don't worry too much about the role play necessarily, but definitely say them out loud because when you mince your words and mix them up in a feedback situation, that can be really uncomfortable. Um, and so, you know, you're trying to make it better for everyone. 
Uh, intention, be clear on your intention. This is huge, right? Don't give feedback because it's part of a process that someone's making you do. Don't give feedback and make it up and try and sort of pick things out of thin air because you haven't paid attention all year and you've suddenly been asked mm. to give someone feedback. Um, it's not great. You know, in which case, if you're really not sure, why don't you ask them? Mm-hmm. Just say, them, what do you think I should be giving you feedback on? What do you think you've done well on and badly? Mm-hmm. Um, so be really clear on your intentions. If, you, if you've got a genuine piece of feedback to give someone and you know why it's going to help, then that is hugely helpful because you will be able to articulate that well. Yeah, it's about getting wanting to help them. It's like, you know. Everything, if you are a good manager, you care about the people who work for mm-hmm. you and you want them to be better. Yeah. Um, three is presence. And I have hugely been found wanting in this one before. Um, ensure you are fully present when giving feedback. Focus, actively listen. Ensure the conversation is your priority. Turn off your phone, lock the door. Don't let anyone come in. Be in the moment with that person yeah. and be ready to cancel the thing after because you cannot predict what it's going to unlock. Yeah. Okay, you just don't know. For all you know, and I've had situations where intensely private people have broken down in feedback yeah. sessions because something completely different is going on. Mm-hmm. And and you know, you need to clear the day. Yeah, you do. So don't walk out in the middle of a conversation. Uh, I know we've talked about that before when people leave and aren't ready to do stuff. Uh, empathy. Consider all your words through the ears of recipient. Acknowledge and accept emotions. Know the people you're giving feedback to well enough to understand how they might react. Yeah. And if you don't know them well enough, go gently, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing so urgent. Yeah, you've got time. Rarely is something so urgent that you need to do it with someone you don't know that well. Yeah. Um, and if you really don't know them that well, you're probably not the right person to be giving the feedback. Uh, and then self-care. Ensure you're in... Oh, this is huge and really un- massively underestimated. Ensure you're in a good emotional position from which to give feedback. Rest, reflect relax before your meeting it is absolutely imperative that if someone takes feedback badly and either attacks you not not physically but Mm. emotionally or undermines you or is very resistant or defensive you will only be able to cope with that if you're feeling in a good place right you really it's really important because you owe it to that person you owe it to that person to be in a really good place when you give them feedback because you need to be ready for whatever's going to happen. And I know I sound melodramatic about it, but generally giving people negative feedback in any form tends to unlock things that you don't expect it to. Yeah, it's the only phrase that I can go with. Yeah. So there you go. There's our five tips um, prepared for... Uh, prepared for? Sorry. <laughs> number one, prepare. Number two, intention. Three, presence. Four, empathy. Five, self-care. And then the little sick that isn't in there, but we've mentioned, is about kindliness. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah, if totally. you can, get over yourself and do it as fast as possible. Yeah. And when, once you've had time to prepare, obviously. Cool. So pipes. I love pipes. I'm much... And also, I'd like to point out, pipes is way better than pies. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll have a, a pipe pie-off at some point and see see where we end up. Um, I don't have any idea how that would work, but... You well, know. a pipe pie-off, I do. How would we do that? Well, we do two sets of feedback, one without prepare and one with prepare. Oh, no, I was needing an actual pipe and an actual pie to work out which was better between pipes and pies. (laughs) Okay, now I understand why you had a problem, because pies are obviously better than pipes. (laughs) Totally. That's not helpful. Okay. Um, All right. I'll be be with you forever, the image of a pipe. I've got an image of a bagpiper piping at a beef pie. Yeah, or probably up here like a macaroni pie or a scotch pie or something like that, right? I think. You can do that. Haggis pie. Haggis pie. We can do haggis pie. Anyway. It's coming up to burn. Sorry, we're all very <laughs> Scottish at the moment. Um, uh, okay, this is the week. So, are we going to move on to stories from the Yeah, yeah. Do you want to lead us off? Have you got a story you want to say? Um, yeah, I, I do actually, and it's it probably doesn't 
cover me in glory, but um, I once had a situation with a team that I was managing uh, where unprepared un mm-hmm. and unaware, they asked to speak to me that, that day in that moment, someone asked to speak to me, and then explained that it was all three of the people online managed to give me some feedback about Ooh. how I was managing Ooh. them. A group intervention. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and uh, ironically, the feedback itself was fair. Yeah. Although they weren't aware of certain... In their context, it absolutely was fair. I knew some stuff sure. that had led to the situation that, that they were dealing with. They weren't happy with it. Fair enough. They absolutely had the right to give feedback. But what was lost in that was trust for a long time because I was so hurt that they didn't trust... And I've spoken to this person since, and we, we're very good friends. Mm-hmm. But I was so hurt they didn't trust me to give it to me individually Yeah. that... I fixed the feedback almost straight away, almost instantly, because I was I, I thought it was the right thing to do. But it took me a while. It took me a real while to feel like that relationship. Yeah, it's a bit us and them when it's and, curious, and it? it well, it it just felt like they I had done something somewhere along the line that made them feel like they couldn't just sit me down and say yeah. this is how I feel, or that yeah. I wouldn't take it seriously enough. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's two things to that. One is, um, as a manager. I probably wasn't checking it. It was a really stressful time. Yeah. That's not the excuse, but yeah, that's the yeah, context. Yeah. I should have been checking in with them more because then maybe they, they wouldn't have felt the need or particularly this person wouldn't have felt the need to get someone to back them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you're ever thinking about doing it, if you like the person at all or have any respect for them, understand that what you are doing is quite a, quite a big thing. It's a big it's thing. It's quite yeah. a big thing. It's and an it's, intervention. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, and it's I mean, it, very specifically... You're saying to that person, I don't trust you'll take me seriously. And yeah. if that's true and that's the situation, fair enough. But but it's not sometimes it's, yeah, these things have unintended consequences. Start, start it's probably not the best place to start. And I would at least give them the chance on their own first. Yeah. At least try and talk to them about it on their own first. Um it's such a private thing, feedback. I mean, it's just a different thing in a group. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think, you know, it's interesting when you were talking about healing stuff around identity. Mm. For me, that's exactly what happened yeah, in that moment. I'm sure, I had sure. an identity as a manager that was approachable. Yeah. And I was being told that wasn't true. And and I am also someone who takes all feedback. I I struggle not to take yeah. feedback on. So yeah, that's my advice. But you know, the good news that came out of it is that because we do have a really good relationship and because that wasn't a great time in our period in our period of our relationship. We we have talked about it since, and we've both learned from it. Yeah. But but at the well, time, hopefully, others do. At the time, it hurt. That's yeah, why. I bet it did. I totally <laughs> cried in the toilets um, in my mid thirties. Anyway, um, so that's my story. Cool. What about you? So what I want to just touch on is just tears, right? I mean, you've talked about tears a lot. I I've at various points rolled out sort of feedback training to groups, you know, and you rolled it out to twenty or thirty leaders in a room, and and I used to ask, you know, I mean, how many people have had to experience tears when delivering feedback. And I just do it because people don't talk about it, but pretty much when you ask that question, everybody raises their hand. Right? So it's such a common thing, but we don't really speak about it or often acknowledge it, really. Or even worse, I heard someone tell me it was unprofessional once. Well, which just, I was, I, I've never been so mad in all my life. Yeah, and it's probably their sort of response, right, that makes them do that somehow. Yep. Um, but just, you know, if you're not used to giving feedback, people are going to cry. It just happens. It's just such an emotional thing. But, it, you know, but, but they do. Uh, and that makes it difficult, it, you know, in, in all kinds of ways. If, if somebody cries, then it's worth asking if they need time, maybe pausing the conversation, do you want to come back to this later, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then things get really hard if somebody's a perpetual crier, which seems like an unfair label. But you do get situations where, you know, if people always cry when you start delivering a message, you can never deliver the message if you always stop it. Right? So, so what do you do in that instance? Sometimes... 
you you need to go through with it, and that's hard as so well. So there's there's two big recommendations, specifically on perpetual cries that I yeah. would make, um, partially because I was one, mm-hmm. and I'm not anymore, but I was one. Um, although this is in the context of giving feedback as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, have a conversation about them crying at another time. Yeah. So agreed. even if you get through or not get through, when they're in a good place and you're having a general conversation in a light-hearted manner, say, look, feedback didn't go great, did it? Yeah. I was trying to tell you something. I can see you're upset. What can I do to make it easy for you next time? Great. Right? Say that. Mm-hmm. And do it don't, and do it at a nice time when there's no feedback, when you haven't yeah, got yeah, a certain yeah. anything. Because actually you're, you're addressing the process. And the other thing is believe whatever they say. So I had someone who's a perpetual crier, but she used to say to me, um, uh, it's okay, I will probably cry yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, Don't worry about it. Yeah. And for the first two times, I was like, oh no, I feel really bad. She was like, no, just get on with it. It's fine. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah, really it's just I'm okay. But I do tend to cry, but it's fine. Yeah. I just want to get it over and done with. Just let's let's talk about it yeah. and then I'll be okay in a minute and then yeah. I'll probably cry again. Yeah. And actually that's fine. She's in yeah. control of it and that's what she wants. Yeah. Um, but it's practice that bit. It really, it, I have to say, it's really hard. Yeah, it is. It is because you want to laugh, not because it's funny, but because it's you're so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, a, attack the the problem of crying or the yeah, issue of yeah, crying yeah. It's a separate at another time. Yeah. Because it's honestly, I've done that two or three times. It's always been super effective, yeah. and we make a joke of it, yeah, right? You go yeah, like, oh, I wanted to cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, final thought, top tip. Key message, anything you want people to leave with? About feedback, generally, yeah, yeah. There's, there's one thing, right? Yeah. And it's really important. Be giving feedback for the right reason. Okay, yeah. Okay, I, I feel really strongly about this. Mm-hmm. If you are not giving feedback because you want to help that person be better, if you're giving feedback for any other reason, just don't. Just find find another way to comply with the process. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, it is. It's an emotional roller coaster for everyone involved, and there needs to be something coming out of it that's yeah. positive. Good um, intentions. And the other, uh, the other one is: Can you give people the chance to see if they know what to be improved first? Yeah, yeah. So I open every feedback with: I'd really like to talk about something that I don't think's gone brilliantly lately. Do you? Are you aware? You know, have you got yeah, thoughts on what it might be? Yeah. <laughs> the danger of that is if they go off on something completely different. Yeah, like, oh yeah, no, yeah. I hadn't even known. Yeah, that. yeah, that's. Yeah. But generally, um, mostly, particularly for a certain level, people know what you've got to talk about. Yeah, it can be a helpful And it's so much more powerful if they can talk about it. It is, it is, it is, it is. It's the whole ownership piece. Yeah. Um, All right, so my final thought, I guess it's it's a bundled one. Um, Treat people like adults, adult adult conversations. We'll we'll do uh, an episode on transactional analysis at some point. Please. Yeah, soon. Um, But basically just treat people like adults. Uh, it's point one. And then point one B is that you've got to remember, <laughs> you can see what I cheated there, um, that if you don't tell people the truth, chances are you're just hurting them later on. All right. So sometimes telling them, you know, truths about performance is really the best thing you can do. And it doesn't necessarily feel like it right away, but but it is. Um, so that's it for me. You know, treat them like adults and tell them the truth. I think... Um... I think that truth. I think the telling the truth thing is really important. I think it's a lot easier. Like I said at the very beginning, if you have a culture mm-hmm. that says we are none of us perfect, mm-hmm. and I'm never going to say any of us are perfect because we're not, and that's the point of human life is to yeah. try and be better than we are at the moment. Then you know what? It's a lot easier. It's yeah. so much easier if everyone sees each other like that. Yeah, and we might do an episode on feedback culture at some point as well. I think we talked about that. So. Well, given how much we had to say about feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so is Series that... 43. Series 43. <laughs> oh my God, how old will we be? I'll be 
funny. Yeah, yeah. The exactly. robots will do it. Yes. My clone. Yeah. What a frightening thought. Okay. So that wraps us up for feedback, I think. Yeah, that's it? us. Feedback's wow. done. Feedback's done. Happy uh, happy January. We're doing this in January, so it's great to get that done. But happy July, it's July. Happy July. You can do it July. whenever you want. That's yeah. a joy, right? Happy month of the year. <laughs> happy day of the week. Uh, okay, so until next time, I guess it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye from me, guys. Uh, catch you soon. Hi. Thanks for listening to this episode of the World of Work podcast. To learn more about what we do, please check out our website, www.worldofwork.io, where you can read some great articles, learn more about the seminars and courses that we deliver, or even support us if you wish through our Patreon page. That's www.worldofwork.io. Thank you.